0: Grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ This is Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You We are a part of the Wildest Flock Network Shout out to Heavy Handed Jay With Page One Bible Study Holding it down If you guys haven't heard God is Love I highly recommend you check that one out Also check out 1982 with Juan Jean. Also, the Wildest Flock, or excuse me, Church in the Wild podcast with uh, Juan Eugene, uh, Stictority with Nisha and Brittany, and then also, make sure you check out Mary Couples Anonymous. Mary Couples Anonymous is, is awesome. Um, it's a show with brother Juan Eugene and his wife, Nisha. Uh, things Your Pastor Won't Tell You, this particular episode is all about women and interestingly enough my wife is not on this podcast she just became a mother that is one of the most amazing things that a human can become and now now i know that there's a lot of feminists out there that kind of down the whole idea of just being a mother Now, my wife, she still works, okay? Don't get it twisted. However, being a mother is an amazing blessing, uh, both for me, her being a mother, and then also um, for her being a mother to our child. It's been an amazing adventure. So if you hear a little crying in the background, that's just my son, Melek Judah. Malek Judah is his name Malek means king Judah that is the people from which he comes yes Judah as in Judah of Israel the the one of the sons of Israel um so Malek Judah is my son's name I'm your host Israel Benjamin my wife Shirley Benjamin she sends her love she sends her regards. And I I wanna tell you, like I watched my wife on May 4th give birth to our son, Malek Benjamin. Malek Judah Benjamin. And it was amazing. It was one of those things that really brought, you know, brought me to tears. Like I had tears in my eyes and my little guy was born and I was like, all right, bro, you gotta see the cut, the unbiblical cord. So like, you know, I kinda shook off the tears. But, you know <laughs> It's silly, I know, I know But, I cut the umbilical cord I was the first to hold them. And then I gave him to my wife It was a heck of a moment You know, she, uh she, She's a real MVP A lot like other women And other mothers You know, you guys do some amazing things This particular episode Is about women And Their roles, their roles in the faith, and also um, their roles in the church. Now, we don't have time to exhaustively go over every single mention of a woman in the Bible. We're not even going to attempt to highlight all the major contributors among the women in the Bible, like one that is worthy of a nod and, you know, Some type of, uh, you know, reference here, obviously, um, Eve, uh, Sarah jail. Um, there's, there's woman after woman, you know, who have done amazing things and they aren't necessarily going to be the central focus, but we will mention some, um, women in this particular podcast. So, uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about a brother, uh, who was murdered pretty recently, um, because he called out for his mother today is Sunday, June 14th, five days ago, George Floyd, George Floyd was murdered by the hands of police. George Floyd, he was an unarmed man who was suspected of using counterfeit currency and he died with a knee on his neck um, of a now criminal suspect by the name of Derek Chauvin while three other police officers, three other former police officers that is, stood by and watched. They allowed the murder to happen. George Floyd was a very present and active member of his community. There's, you know, other accounts of him being a criminal uh, or having a criminal past at the very least. But that doesn't mean that this brother's life didn't matter. He was an active member in his community. He was seen in photos with a Bible in his hand amongst other believers who were preaching the gospel in the community. Interestingly enough, when he died, this is something that we mentioned. He called out for his mother, who is said to have passed before that fateful day. Jesus, another innocent man who died at the hands of the government, also addressed his mother, who was alive while he was dying on the cross. George Floyd called out to his mother Because he more than likely knew he was going to where she already was. Jesus called out to his mother as he was leaving from where she was to make a place for where she would go. Jesus, the founder of the faith that George Floyd is said to have practiced. His mother undeniably had a great influence on him and his ministry. That is Jesus, right? The first book of the Bible also prophesied about this woman. She was with the apostles on the day of Pentecost. She saw and bore witness of him, speaking of Jesus, at his resurrection. And yet we find today that there are people who do not allow women to speak in church. First Corinthians 1434. Let's take a look. First Corinthians 1434 says this. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. Now, as we read this scripture, it looks pretty pretty plain to see that women are to keep quiet. However, a minister by the name of Dwight Radcliffe, he told me that there's three rules that you ought to practice at the very least when you're observing scripture. Context language and culture now context can be derived by reading a whole chapter by reading the entire book or maybe even know who the author is addressing specifically and why the author is addressing them so this is context you develop context Now, immediately, I would have to see if I'm just judging from this one particular verse why there are people who say women should not be allowed to speak in church. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 seems to be very explicit and straightforward. There's a lot of pastors and entire sects of Christianity that don't permit women to teach or speak in church. In some rare cases, some of these restrictive pastors, they allow women to speak in church in the context of singing a song or doing poetry. I myself, I've I've seen it. I've seen a flourishing Bible study at a woman's house get shut down by a minister and a deacon Because a woman was leading this Bible study. Mind you she did it well. It was Christ centered. She also led worship at that very same church. And she would regularly do her poetry there. Uh, She engaged both the poetry and the leading of worship. With pastoral approval even after her Bible study. Was turned over into the hand of a man. And it eventually ceased. Now, in the same book that we just read from three chapters earlier, we're still in first Corinthians three chapters earlier. We read something that appears to me to show that the writer expressed a context for women to speak God's word. Let's take a look at first Corinthians chapter 11, verse five. That scripture says, but every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. Now, there's some more context to dig into. We have a lot more context right now. He's speaking to the Corinthians. And he's talking about women and their customs and, you know, hairstyles and so forth. However, he mentioned two other very, very significant things that is central to what we're talking about today. Women speaking in church. He talked about women praying. He also talked about women prophesying. He didn't say that women should not pray. He didn't say that women should not prophesy. However, he said that they shouldn't do it with their heads uncovered. Praying and prophesying. What is prophesying? Isn't prophesying telling people what God's very own word is? Now, this is presumably the same author. This is just three chapters earlier in the same book. And here, it's talk about women praying or prophesying. Now, somebody might try to point out that in this particular verse, it does not fully give the context. But when we go to verses 17 through 20, it says this. Now, in this that I declare to you, I praise you not that you come together Not for the better, but for the worse. First of all, when you come together in the church, in the church, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place... This is not to eat the Lord's supper. So if we go to the end of the chapter, he tells us why he's saying what he's saying, all these various things. He said, if any man be hungry, let him eat at home. That's not the part yet. That ye come not together unto condemnation. Still not the part yet. Here it is. And the rest I will set in order when I come. So, He was setting things in order. That's the reason why he was saying what he was saying. That's the context and the context of where and when he was setting things in in order was in the church. When they're gathered together, when they're gathered together in the church. Now, we saw that the same. Author. Who talked about women not speaking in church also said that women can pray and prophesy. Now, there's a lot of different discussion about, you know, what this context is amongst those who believe women can um, uh, speak in church, right? Uh, and and a lot of them believe that it's women not. Speaking out in church when the minister's trying to speak, trying to, you know, understand what's going on right then and there. If it's something that they missed. However, it was a thing to where, you know, they were directed to go home and try and learn it from their husbands, whatever the situation was, but not to have an outburst in church. We can dig into it. And we can try and parse it. But we do see for sure that women ought to be praying and prophesying and these things are to be done where in the church and isn't prophesying delivering God's word expressly from God to the people about a thing that God is speaking about. God is speaking about something specifically and the people can be hearing it from a woman is what it says here in first Corinthians chapter 11. Okay. This Pauline epistle was dealing with both of those things, right? First, you know, women not speaking is what we took a look at. And then a context for women to both pray and prophesy in the church. But, They were talking about order, how it's to be done, not that it shouldn't be done, but how it's to be done. It didn't specify exactly when it should be done, but how that she shouldn't do it with her head uncovered. So that's one thing, and that's more cultural than I am ready to actually dig into you uh, right now, talking about the head coverings. However, it is speaking directly to the point that women do have a place in the church in which they can speak and prophesy, both pray and prophesy. If we look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10, it says in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn. This is the gospel. Now, now we're headed toward the gospel of Matthew. And in this gospel of Matthew, it's talking about, you know, uh, something that God did with women. Something very, very interesting. And uh, in my opinion, pretty deep. And I mean, as always, with things your pastor won't tell you, I'll present it and you judge it for yourself. Please examine the scriptures if I'm wrong, go ahead and comment. But right now, we're looking at what the scripture says. All right. So this is King uh, King James, the King James Version, Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. It says this. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to them, to the women fear not i know that you seek jesus who was crucified he is not here for he is risen as he said come see the place where the lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he goes before you into galilee there you will see him listen i've told you already and they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word and as they went to tell his disciples guess who showed up man i'm getting chills in here <laughs> i feel like doing like thomas kearney ah! God! <laughs> that brother thomas kearney man i love it i love it he be screaming uh <laughs> but jesus met them saying all hell And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. So Jesus is God, right? That means God appeared to these women after, you know, he in his physical body died and then he resurrected He showed up to the women and told the women to tell the apostles. Now, he could have went and told the apostles himself, but he didn't. He told the women. He told two women that showed up to his tomb. It was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They showed up. They showed up to the tomb. And then when they found that he wasn't there, first an angel told them, Then God himself appeared in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, Jesus, God, the word. Yeah, God showed up and spoke to these women and told the women to tell the apostles, no less. God told the women. To tell the apostles about Jesus being resurrected. The first message of God's Jesus' resurrection, right, was from women. The very first, God entrusted it to them, and he didn't only tell them to go out and tell people on the street, he said to go and tell the apostles the very first message of the resurrection was preached by women to the apostles. Now, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's something that God wanted. That was God's order. Now, for those who say that women ought not speak in church, deal with that. Deal with the fact that the very first message of the resurrection was to the apostles from A woman Messiah's very mother Mary And her blessed womb Chosen by God Was Jesus' portal into the world That was the portal Through which God came Into this world Mary's womb Not only Did he just pass through it He was there for nine months She incubated him He was inside of her uh, developing as a human being inside of Mary. The word of God became flesh in Mary's very belly. She taught him her firstborn son, even though she was created by him. You'd be hard pressed to say that she didn't have a very significant influence on his life and ministry. Now, for those doubters and for those haters where, you know, you look at it and you see where he said woman and, you know, they said that he was out of his mind. And he turns and says to the crowds, well, who is my mother and who is my brothers? You know, isn't it those who does the will of my father in heaven? Yes, he said that. Absolutely. You're correct. However. His first public miracle. Wasn't it because his mother? asked him to do it. Jesus, can you do something out of wine? He's like, "What does that have to do with me?" But didn't he do it? You're hard-pressed to say that she had no influence on his ministry. Very, very hard-pressed. You're hard-pressed to say that she didn't teach him anything. Yes, he is the creator of the whole wide world, but nonetheless, she was his mother. Now, she was not a person who was there at the beginning. She was a woman that God entrusted to do this wonderful and powerful thing. But Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary, these aren't the only women that God used. God definitely used Eve, right? Let's not fail to mention how a whole book also is written about a non-hebrew woman by the name of ruth another is written about a female a savior type excuse me making intercession for the people of god by the name of esther esther was a savior type she made intercession to a king on behalf of the children of israel and saved their lives We can go on and talk about how Deborah was judged over the chosen people of Israel. During the theocracy in which God reigned over Israel as the sovereign, these prophets or judges, they were in place. Deborah was one of them. She was a female. Yes, it's not just a strange name for a dude. Deborah was a woman and she was ruling over the whole nation of Israel as a judge, as a prophet, but it was really God reigning through her jail Jael, jail. She killed an enemy of Israel. She killed an enemy King specifically. She pierced his temple with a tent stake. Bathsheba <laughs> Bathsheba, she also had a very significant role in the governing of Israel when David died until Solomon was of age. Listen, women are vital to the people of God. Their roles in church also include their voices and opinions, without which church leaders will overlook and even abuse many members of the flock. Not just other women, but also children And minorities and so forth and so on I hate the whole term minority And all this Right It's ridiculous (laughs) But Let's continue Lastly The writer of 1 Corinthians Who said women ought not speak in church Also wrote that women ought to prophesy and pray Giving them a context in which they can speak Let's reiterate that Okay. Um let's also bring up Brianna Taylor. Her life mattered. Just like George Floyd's life mattered. And it's Jefferson's life mattered. These women, they're just as valuable and we need justice for them as well. Now, this isn't a whole podcast about the movement per se. But this is a podcast about the movement of God. And these lies matter to God. Black lives matter to God. And if you can't say that, I'm gonna say this. Shame on you. My mind is made up about the matter until God says otherwise. This brief glimpse of scripture is not meant to make up your mind for you, but perhaps present to you things your pastor won't tell you. I'm your brother, Israel Benjamin. Shirley Benjamin, I love you. Thank you for bringing my son into this world. God bless you guys. Good night.